Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. There are so many ways to invest in real estate. You can put a tenant in a property and just let them stay for a long, long time. But there's actually reasons that shorter occupancy lengths can be really profitable. Today, we're going to talk about short-term rentals on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Are you achieving everything you want in life? What if there was a time-tested way for you to get everything you've dreamed of? The most successful people in life set goals and keep themselves accountable. But how? The good news is that it's not rocket science. You too can learn the skills and unleash the motivation that will create success in your life. And now is the time. Hi, this is Robert Helms, and I'd like to personally invite you to attend Create Your Future, the 2020 Goals Retreat, January 17th to 19th in beautiful Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. This unique weekend has been called phenomenal, inspirational, and life-changing by the thousands of people that have attended. Hear from some of them and find out more at realestateguysradio.com under events or call 888-489-7723, extension 18. Get your life back on track physically, spiritually, and financially. Attend the 2020 Goals Retreat on the third weekend of the new year. Click events at realestateguysradio.com to register. This is no dress rehearsal. Live the life you were meant to. Visit realestateguysradio.com or call 888-489-7723, extension 18, today. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys Radio Show. I'm your host, Robert Helms. With me, as usual, co-host, financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. We spend a lot of time out there looking at real estate markets, looking at properties, looking at deals. It's one of our favorite things to do as real estate guys. And this week, we thought we'd cover a topic that is fascinating in many ways. It's one of the more profitable ways to invest in real estate. And yet, at the same time, it can be one of the lower risk ways to invest in real estate. And that is through short-term rentals. Now, there's all kinds of different types of short-term rentals, and we've got a guest today that works specifically in a niche within that. But before we get to the interview, we'd like to kind of set the table on what a short-term rental is. In most buy-and-hold situations, you have either a month-to-month -month rental period or an annual rental period. Sometimes in commercial, you have a 5 or 10 or 20-year lease period. So the amount of time that you're tying up a property with the tenant completely depends on you, the property, and the marketplace. In the last several years, a lot of folks have been very enamored by this idea of vacation rentals, where you buy a property in a nice market that people love to visit, and rather than rent it on a month-to-month -month basis, you rent it on a nightly or weekly basis, and that can juice your returns. Of course, you have high competition in that kind of business from the very well-established travel industry and, and hotels and so forth. So that's a way of short-term rentals, but it's not the only way. There's corporate rentals, there are contractor rentals, there's all kinds of ways that you can rent real estate for a shorter period of time. Yeah, I think what it really comes down to is as you're looking out at the real estate investing landscape, ultimately a piece of property is about serving a demographic. When you're going to go out and make your market selection, your market is not just a geography, but it's also a product niche or a demographic, a group of people. And one of the challenges is finding a way to serve a more affluent demographic. Resort property investing is a way to do that. Vacation rentals uh, is a way to do that. If you can find a way to cater to business travelers, that's a way to do it. Normally, that's been the purview of hotels because you had to have a critical level of infrastructure. 
And a big part of that infrastructure was reach, was advertising. You know, the same thing that's happened in ride sharing and some of the other apps where people can find each other has opened up this opportunity because a lot of the advertising costs, a lot of the money, it's not that you don't still have to do promotion because you do. And to your point, Robert, it's crowded. But with that said... It's nowhere as near as expensive as it used to be in order to develop a following. And one of the things that's great, depending on the property type you pick and the demographic you choose to serve, is you can get repeat customers. You can literally build up a clientele of people that fall in love with an area, have regular business in an area, have a reason to come from time to time to visit family or do whatever it is they're going to do. Maybe there's an attraction or an amenity or something that is uh, drawing people into a particular area. And when you develop that relationship with the client, just like you would with any tenant, they come back again and again and maybe even tell other people. So it's really an opportunity to create a a business that serves a demographic where you can get a higher yield on on your investment uh, and deal with a a demographic that's more able to pay. One of the other considerations is that many short-term rental opportunities also come with the potential personal use component. Say I decide I want to, you know, get a second home or a condo or something in a market that I like to travel to, but I don't really want to rent it out month to month because then I can't stay there when I go. This could be the perfect kind of situation where you own a unit, maybe you travel there for business, or maybe you go there on vacation and the rest of the time you have it rented. Now, this is an area of real estate that takes a little more thought and education and exposure to systems and tools and so on. You don't just put a yard sign out in front of the property and say available by the night. That's not going to work. And in most jurisdictions, that's not going to be legal. But it's intriguing for a variety of reasons. This is one of the things we talk about when we go on the Belize discovery trip. What are the essences of the market opportunity in that market, which is a tourism market primarily, is that a unit that might be a two-bedroom, one-bathroom unit that could rent on a month-to-month basis for, say, twelve dollars or $1,300 a month, that same exact unit will get $350 or $400 a night. And so the gross rent can be a lot higher. But then you also have the corresponding costs associated with moving a tenant in every five to seven days, as opposed to moving a tenant in every one or two years. Yes. And ultimately, you know, any type of real estate investing is a business. Apartments are a business. Residential assisted living is a business. uh, Commercial is a business because you have a product, you have a service, you have a customer, and you're going to have transactions and you're going to have customer service that's required. So it's not so much that it's completely different from bread and butter investing. But to your point, Robert, there's some nuances that you need to master when you get into the specific niche. And the good news is, is because of the nature of this particular niche, uh, the margins are there to justify that, to get the help you need, to invest in the tools you need. And it can be really quite an attractive way to go about the business of uh, generating cash flow on investment real estate. You know, last week we had asked the guys, and one of the questions that uh, had us thinking about was, you know, types of real estate, And we brought up then, we brought this up on the show many times in the past few years, the fact that cap rates or returns are compressed in certain market and product types. For instance, apartments. Everyone loves multifamily for the variety of reasons that multifamily is awesome. But because of that, there's been a lot of demand and a lot of folks searching for those deals 
which means you have more dollars chasing the same amount of cash flow that brings rates down. So we look across the board at what the return rates are in different asset classes within real estate. And you look at something like multifamily and that's on the lower end of the return. But you look at something like resort property and short-term rentals, that can be on the higher end of the return. So you know, a few weeks back, we had Gene Garino on the show, and he talked about assisted living, residential assisted living, which is also a scenario under which you have higher gross rent on the front end, but higher expenses. At the end of the day, it still is in the higher side of returns. So if you're interested in potentially higher returns with a property that you're not scared to go to in the middle of the night, this could be for you. We've got a great guest today. We met Tim Hubbard many years back when he showed up at the, the Secrets of Successful Syndication. He then came on the Investor Summit and has been on every Investor Summit since. And uh, just getting to know him has been great. He's a heck of a nice guy. And here's the thing about Tim. He doesn't broker deals. He doesn't have any property to sell you. He, in his own account, has more than two dozen of these type of rental units, and he's got more and more people interested in what he does. We thought we'd share it with you. When we come back, you'll meet our good friend Tim Hubbard today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Live nationwide, you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. Hey, it's Robert Helms. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. I want to personally invite you to come see an amazing real estate market that combines excellent cash flow, offshore diversification, and what we affectionately call lifestyle investing. Come join me from November 15th to 18th in the beautiful country of Belize. The Real Estate Guys have been bringing investors to Belize for more than 14 years now, and our discovery trip is designed to show you the market like nobody else can. Sure, Belize is breathtakingly beautiful. The people are wonderful, and wait till you taste the food. But the real opportunity is the real estate investment potential. 2018 was the biggest year in tourism Belize has ever witnessed, and this year is coming on strong. How does that translate to real estate investment? That's what you have to come see. There's all types of opportunity in Belize, including both long and short-term rentals, commercial and retail triple net properties, business opportunities, land acquisition, development, agriculture, and more. And as the only country in Latin America with English as its official language, it's easy to understand the law. Property rights are strong and contracts are in English. And in Ambergris Key, a unique situation exists where demand for rentals continues to outstrip supply, creating a compelling environment for investors. So come see for yourself. Join me November 15th through 18th in Ambergris Key, Belize, as we study the market, learn about the sustainable drivers, and tour lots of beautiful real estate. And like all of our field trips, there are no properties for sale during the weekend. Rather, you'll meet lots of local providers that will help educate you about the market so that you can follow up with them after the trip if the market is interesting to you. But that ball's in your court. You'll receive their contact details, but they won't receive yours unless you give it to them. You've heard about Believes in the Real Estate Guys for all these years. Now come see what all the excitement is about. Plus, we'll have lots of time over meals and activities to talk about all things real estate. To get the details, go to the website at realestateguysradio.com and click on events where you'll find the Belize Discovery Trip. Once you register, you'll get information about our group hotel rates as well as travel details. So join me in Belize, November 15th through 18th. It's a beautiful country with lots of amazing possibilities and the only thing missing is you. Go to realestateguysradio.com under events. I look forward to seeing you in beautiful Belize. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright. Best-selling author of Tax-Free Wealth, 
and you're listening to Real Estate Guys Radio. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys Radio program heard every weekend on this great radio station all the time at realestateguysradio.com. We're talking today about a different way to rent property and that is by the day instead of by the month or by the year. And to uh, help further that conversation, please welcome our friend and short-term rental expert, Tim Hubbard. Hey, Tim. Thanks, Robert. Excited to be here. Well, glad to have you. You are a globe trotter. You uh, spend time in the U.S. and other countries. You've been to more than 60 countries and you actually live outside the United States. I do. I moved to Colombia and South America a couple of years ago. Awesome, man. Well, we've had the opportunity to get to know each other every year on the Investor Summit. You've been on the summit a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Yep. This year will be the fifth year, and I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, you know, a fifth, that's a thats a big milestone. So a lot, a lot of good stuff happens your fifth year on the summit. Well, this is an interesting area of real estate that you've chosen, and I'm excited that we get some time to talk about it because I know we've visited in, in the past, but you specialize in short-term rentals meaning that folks don't rent from you by the month, although many of the properties that you own could be used for that purpose, but instead you have a short-term rental aspect. Talk about why that makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, all the properties I've acquired had long-term tenants in them, uh, and I just found traveling that you can get a lot more by the night. And so I started doing that and changing some of the existing properties I had about five years ago. And now that's specifically what I do. I look for properties in good markets that are cash flowing. They have long-term tenants in them, but that are really good for short-term rentals, for tourism and business people. And so I just convert them into short-term rentals and and go by the night. And now sometimes the people actually stay for a month or whatever, but I'm getting nightly rates. So Right. Well, this is a big distinction that we'll uh, we might as well jump in now because there's a lot of folks that have what we might call a vacation rental that's in an area that's near a lot of attractions. People come to stay in vacation, and rather than stay in a hotel, a family can stay in a vacation rental, have a little more space, a little more in terms of amenities, and the cost is at or maybe a little less. And that's certainly a viable option. But what you do is a little bit different than that. You don't necessarily cater to just vacationers. Right. Yeah. I try to find a mix. I mean, the more target audience you have to rent your property, the the higher occupancy is going to be. I try to find the best properties for business people first because they tend to come back more often. They tend to travel alone. They're professional. You don't have parties. But then when you can find those properties that work really well for them and also tourism, you can maintain really high occupancies and earn really high returns. Well, and of course, the first thing people are probably thinking is, wow, that sounds like I can have a much higher income, but the expenses certainly have to be higher too. So uh, if you've got a month-to-month property, you pay a property manager six, eight, 10% to take care of the rental, everyone kind of understands that model. But when you are bringing in a tenant who might stay for a night or three or seven, there's the management side of it. And this is what's great because you've been in this business a long time and you've figured it out. But before you did, talk about starting out and trying to figure out what it takes to accommodate tenants that are moving in randomly. Yeah, certainly there's a lot of operational things happening there. If you have a tenant for one year, they sign a lease, you don't really talk to them too much after they sign the lease. But if someone's coming for one night, my average stay is a little over two nights. That's a lot of housekeeping. That's a lot of operational pieces. And yeah, starting out, I mean, everyone that starts out in the industry starts out with a couple rentals and usually they start cleaning themselves and handling guest messages and those types of things. But yeah, I definitely found some ways to not do that myself very early on. 
and it allowed me to scale really quickly and to continue to scale. And yeah, I mean, I live outside of the, the country, so I'm not talking with guests. I'm definitely not cleaning the, the units and it's working really well. Yeah, that's what's really great about this is that you get that person that's got a rental or two that makes sense to turn to this kind of model, but then they got to figure out, well, how do I get it cleaned? I mean, my cleaning crew that comes in and does a make ready for month-to-month tenancy isn't the same kind of folks that are going to come in and clean for a, a tenant. And then you think about all the things you have to deal with in terms of these folks don't live in the area. They're coming in as your guests, so you want to probably have some information. I've stayed in a few of these units, right, where they've got information about the local restaurants and all that kind of stuff. You've got to be able to communicate to them where do they park, how do they get the keys, all that. So talk about how you develop the systems involved to be able to give the guest a great experience and yet not have it cost you a fortune. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I mean, the industry's really blown up. And along with that have come so many tools and operational tools to help with everything. I mean, we have guests come from all over the world, people from China that don't even speak English, yet they can check in you know, they'll write to us in Chinese. There's translators for that. Yep. They come in, they get a door code, you know, so we use digital locks on all the properties so someone checks himself in, which business people really appreciate too because it gives them more flexibility. Sure. Uh, so they come in, you know, we have guidebooks that go out digitally that'll give people all the necessary information that they need to know about the property. So it's really about figuring out what the guest is going to ask you before they show up and then answering those questions before they even get there. And a lot of our guests, I mean, I would say more than half, don't even send us a message really. They leave us a great review at the end, but they check in, they they do what they came to do in the city or the you know what they came to see, and then they check out. Leave us a great review and the cycle continues. Well, see, that's the importance of having the system up front because you don't think about that stuff, then you leave them hanging and the reviews are terrible. And uh, looking at your reviews, people seem to love your properties. So I know it's not because you buy the most expensive property or the one with the greatest view. What are the, some of the things that you do to make sure that the guests do leave thrilled about their experience? Well, I mean, you got to have a decent property and there's there's standard amenities that people are looking for, especially if you're catering to a business person, you know, they love the self-check-in. Having a guidebook with your favorite recommendations goes a long way too. And we send out digital ones so someone can pull it up on their phone and uh, use GPS. So having some good recommendations, but then making sure the property is set up properly. You have an iron, you know, you have uh, coffee and the normal amenities that you would find at a hotel, really. I mean, that's that's who we're competing against these days. So uh, we can learn a lot from hotels. Um, but the great thing about short-term rentals is you can offer more of a unique experience. That's why I stay in short-term rentals. And I think that's why all of our guests do is because they're getting something a little different. By making your property a little more unique, you can get really high occupancies and get higher returns and, and great reviews. You know, I heard a talk from Chris Nacetta, who's CEO of Hilton Corporation, about this very thing. And his point of view is really interesting. You'd think, well, here's the head of one of the largest hotel companies. He's going to be anti uh, the whole Airbnb thing, but really not at all. He basically says every client has different needs and expectations. And for some people, they want the boutique. They want the one-off. They want the unique. They want to live in the neighborhood and the culture. And for other people, they want to know what they're going to get and they want that expectation and they want to have access to restaurants and bars and, and all of that. And his point was there's there's kind of an amenity set for everybody. So I think part of it is if you're thinking about short-term rentals, you got to figure out 
kind of who your avatar is and what's mm -hmm. the most important segment. And it's interesting by focusing on the business traveler, you also get something else, which is that a business traveler will often, often come to the same market more than once. Mm -hmm. And if they find a place like this, they're going to be like, I'll just stay there again. It'll be easy. They don't know how to get there. They know everything yeah. about the unit. Even if they go to the same hotel, they're not going to get the same room. So talk about that advantage. That's a great part about it. And, you know, we've had companies visit us in the, the cities where we have rentals that, bring in lots of employees and they found a good spot and we have lots of units. So, you know, like we, there was a restaurant that opened up, for example, in, in uh, one of the cities that I have rentals and they were coming for months and, you know, they had five, 10 employees at any time. They knew the property, just like you're saying, it was comfortable. It was great. At the end, they opened the restaurant and they, they let myself and my team go in and we checked it out. And so it's great. And, you know, I, I travel a ton as well. I love to travel. That's really how I got started in the whole thing and in real estate for that matter. So I could have passive income. Yep. Uh, and I just did a, a pretty long trip for a couple months and hotels are definitely changing. You know, I, I stated um, they have these design hotels now, you know, or boutique hotels where they're not your traditional 250 square foot room with a bed and a nightstand and a dresser. You know, they have style to them. And they, I, I've even seen handwritten notes in hotels now from housekeepers. And, and those are things that, you know, I, I didn't see in hotels 10 years ago. So, well, hopefully both sides of the business are sharpening each other, right? Mm -hmm. the room that there's, mm -hmm. there's plenty of room for people to stay. And really, if you encourage more travel, that benefits everybody. Now, on the other side of it, you've got the folks who are thinking, well, this might be a good investment. Walk us through that part, because how did it go off for, you know, for you that this made better sense? Because originally, you were just buying investment property right. and buying old. Yeah, no, it's funny. I, you know, I started in California and long-term rentals, and when the market got a little high and I saw better opportunities in, in other parts of the nation, I left and I was looking, I had started renting a couple short-term rentals in California already. And so I was traveling to other states. I think I went to like five different states and, and quite a few different cities looking for more long-term rentals. You know, I wanted to buy some turnkey properties and, and just kind of sit back. And I was staying in short-term rentals and Airbnbs while I was looking and meeting with these management companies. And I realized that the amount I was paying per night was almost the amount that I was charging for my property in California. But the price of the property, if you were to buy it, was a fraction of the cost, you right. know, 25% of the cost or something. So I realized that, you know, the just as long-term rentals have better rent-to-value ratios and everything. So so do the short-term rentals. And okay, that's really fascinating. Because yeah. you would think that, well, I've got to be in some big top market in order to attract this, but it's not true. There is this client who wants to stay at a unit like yours almost in any city that has commerce or industry. Yeah, totally. And travel is easier than it's ever been. You know, you can go somewhere where you don't even speak the language and, you know, call an Uber and then rent an Airbnb and show up. And so, I mean, people are traveling more than they ever have just because it's it's easier. So I don't think that part's going <laughs> to go away, you know. Let's talk about how you find clients because there are certainly those sites that people talk about like VRBO and HomeAway and, and Airbnb. Um, where are the places that you look for this type of tenant for? I certainly do a lot on Airbnb. 
they've blown up and they have a huge market share. Uh, but the goal is really after you have guests stay with you is to, is to use your own website. So, you know, I have my own website that we can offer a lower price to guests that have already stayed with us, but also earn a higher return because Airbnb is charging, you know, 13, 14% on the guest side and then another few percent on the host side. So we basically split that in half and we give our return guests a little better price and we make a little more. So home away, you know, the goal is to get on your own website, but VRBO and, and Airbnb are, are huge in the market. Now, when you're using multiple platforms, what do you have to do in terms of coordinating the calendar? Because I'm guessing the goal is to fill as many nights as, as you can, right? Yeah, there's lots of tools available now. So they, they have one that's called a channel manager. Basically, it synchronizes your calendar to multiple channels. So channel being Airbnb or HomeAway or even your own, exist, your own website. Uh, and that makes sure you don't have double bookings. We're talking with Tim Hubbard about short-term rentals. Does that make sense for you to invest in a property that you can rent out by the night instead of by the month? We'll learn more when we come back. We'll also play real estate trivia next. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. listening to the real estate guys for a while then you've heard about the legendary investor summit simply put it's the highest level event we do and the content faculty and attendees are amazing if you're serious about taking your real estate investment to the next level consider joining us you'll spend more than a week with like-minded investors world-class educators and real-world professionals and you'll have a blast it all begins June 11th, 2020 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Visit realestateguysradio.com and click the tab that says Summit to learn more and get on the advance notice list. We'll spend two and a half days on land, learning and networking, then jump aboard a luxury cruise ship for more classes, roundtable discussions, great dinner conversations, and a ton of fun. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit and make plans to hang out with the Real Estate Guys and an all-star faculty on the 18th Annual Investor Summit at Sea. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals. From a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Hi, I'm Nomi Prinz, author of Collusion. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. We're talking today about short-term rentals and how you might consider that as part of your real estate investment portfolio. We'll get back to our discussion with Tim Hubbard after we play Real Estate Trivia, your chance to win a prize by knowing today's Real Estate Trivia question. As soon as you hear the question and think you know the answer, just send your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. 
trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name, the answer to the question, and your mailing address. Because if you're the winner, we're going to send you a great book called Resilience, Turning Your Setback into a Comeback. This is a collection of great stories put together by our friend Kyle Wilson. One of those stories is from Tim Hubbard. That can be yours if you know today's real estate trivia question. Last week on the show, it was Ask the Guys, our answers to a lot of your questions. But we ask you this, the street names in the original game of Monopoly refer to places in an actual city. Which one? Well, many folks knew the answer is Atlantic City, New Jersey. Of course, today there's lots of versions of Monopoly from different places, but the classic original Boardwalk, Park Place, St. James, all from Atlantic City, New Jersey. Here's our real estate trivia question for this week. We're talking about short-term rentals, overnight lodging. So here's our question. Where, what real estate market, where is the oldest hotel in the United States? There's a lot of old hotels throughout the country of the U.S. There's even older hotels in other countries. But what's the oldest hotel in the U.S.? If you know or just want to take a guess, send your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. There are actually two answers. We will accept whichever of the correct answers makes it to us first at trivia at realestateguysradio.com. First person with one of those answers is going to get a copy of the book Resilience, Turning Your Setback into a Comeback. That's today's real estate trivia question. We're with Tim Hubbard, an author in that book, Resilience, which is an awesome book. And uh, Tim, in the book, you talk about kind of the story of being a guy that loved to travel and found out at an early age that, hey, travel's really cool. I think you your first trip was to Spain. Yeah, Salamanca, a little city, and I was really fortunate to go. Uh, I was 16 and basically lived with the family for a summer. Yeah. Didn't speak very good Spanish at that time. And just everything was different, you know, the architecture and the weather and the way they lived. So that really sparked my interest in travel. And yeah, I've been to 70 countries now, I think. And I don't know how many hundreds of cities and... And I don't plan on stopping. <laughs> well, you know, I think that gives you a unique perspective to be in the business you're in. Obviously, it allows you to travel, but the fact that you are that consumer, you're that business guy that goes out and stays at different places. And then when you vacation, you go out and stay in different cities. And so you start to get what a real feeling is. I think anybody who's in real estate has to empathize at least with their client. In this case, you kind of know the, who the client is. Yeah. When I first started, you know, I essentially, I had a property downtown and I decided to furnish it, and I was just saying in my head, okay, if this works, then I'll rent it out short term. If it doesn't, I'm going to live in it because that's the style I like, and that's what I'm looking for, and it's, I can walk to places. So I was really creating a space for myself, and that made it pretty easy, and, and that's what I've done since, you know, with some adjustments, of course. But, yeah, I was my target market when I started. Now, let's talk about finding help because you have the things in typical month-to-month rental that you need, a property manager, maintenance people. In this case, you've got the rooms to have to be made up after people leave. But you've been able to coordinate all that from afar, and I know you're in two primary markets that are far away from each other, but you've assembled teams in each area. So mm-hmm. how much does it take? If I'm thinking, wow, I'd like to own a couple of these. How do I get, you know, a team put together? What are, what's some of your uh, experience there? The team is everything, you know, if you don't have a good team, then the, the whole operation doesn't work, but it's not that hard to find a good team either. You know, you have some major core pieces, one being housekeeping. And I found a really good way for, for people starting out is just to really empower their housekeeper, you know, even to go as far as handling guest messages, 
you know, and the, and the property almost kind of becomes theirs a little bit, you know, especially if you're not there. So they're taking control of it. They're doing the clean. They know it better than you do after a certain point. Uh, and then they see the guests coming in and, and going out occasionally as well. So the housekeeper can be a really, you know, maybe the biggest component of your team, but you can't empower them to handle a lot of the roles so that you can you can scale and look for more properties. Well, I would think it's so dependent on that because if you have a tight move in, move out, if it's someone moving out one day and this, someone moves in that night, then they've got a small window they have to perform in. Yeah, we do our checkouts at 11 and our check-ins are at three. And most of the time they're always back to back. So it, it's also, it, it fits really well for a lot of you know, maybe stay-at-home moms and stay-at-home dads. They drop their children off in the morning at school. They have their own schedule, which we can automate all that. They go in, and if they have cleanings that day, they do them. And then, you know, when they finish up, they pick their children up from school, and they they head home. And uh, they can do any sort of messaging or anything, you know, remotely or virtually. So it's a good fit, we've found, for that. But, uh, you know, depending on how many units you have, it it really can can become a really good part-time or even full-time job for a lot of people. Yeah, cool. Well, hey, let's talk uh, about the numbers a little bit. So in general, we understand that people will pay more for the night than they would, you know, for the month divided by that number of days. But how many nights do you need to rent one of these properties for it to be on equal footing with, say, a month-to-month rental? Uh, well, that it varies, you know, based on the property and based on the market and, and how much supply and how much demand is there. Gosh, we've had uh, properties I've, I've got where it's, it's literally been eight times the amount of the long-term rent. Wow. You know, especially with the small studios and things that have uh, low rents, you know, maybe they're four or $500 a month and you're getting $2,500 a month and they're staying occupied. I mean, the returns can just be really, really good if, if you find a, a good property in a good market. Now, one of the things listeners should know is uh, you're not in the business of selling these, so this is not you're not here to say, "Hey, we should come buy stuff from me." But you have picked a couple of markets to be in. Talk about market selection because I know the first market you were in, you knew well. That's where you're from. You know the area, and that gave you a leg up. But then, as you mentioned, when the market gave you information, it was time to go somewhere else. You picked a secondary market. What have you learned about market selection? Uh, in terms of if someone was listening today going, well, how do I find where the best opportunity is? Yeah. Well, I think some of the best opportunity for short-term rentals is also the best opportunity for long-term rentals. So we want to be in a market that has strong population growth, diverse employment, landlord friendliness, low cost of living. All these things are similar. And actually, the properties that I acquire have long-term tenants in it, and they're cash flowing based off those fundamentals when I get the property. So it's a good market to begin with, but then the returns just get even better when you turn into a short-term rental. So I would look for the, the same markets that I do a long-term rental. Those are the same markets that I use for short-term rentals. We often talk about having multiple exit strategies, and this is the perfect example of that. If you could sell it to somebody who just wanted to have it as a month-to-month rental when it's time to get it out of your portfolio, or to even an owner-occupant, probably in some of these areas, or another person that wants to come in and have short-term rentals. Yeah, the the exit strategies, you know, there's there's several. So the one thing is for sure is that your property, if you're doing running on a short term basis, it's going to look better than it ever has because it's in your best interest to make sure that it does. So if you ever wanted to sell it, you know, it's in prime condition. You've you've got pictures. Uh, if you wanted to go back to a long term tenant, it's going to be looking really nice. 
And then, you know, there's a lot of monthly rentals you can do with traveling nurses and, and those types of things. So you have some pretty good exit strategies if for some reason you didn't want to continue operating as a short-term rental. Now, if I have a property and I'm renting it month to month, my tenant's going to be responsible for the utilities and internet and cable or satellite and all that. But in this case, you have guests that are expecting those things. Talk about that part of it. What are some of the amenities that you find you absolutely have to have to attract guests? Oh, man. Number one without a doubt, is the internet. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost more important than the bed. <laughs> I, would, I mean, <laughs> if it goes out, yeah, you it, a second won't go by that you don't, you don't hear about. So internet, number one. And the great thing with, you know, acquiring, I, I look for small multifamily buildings, is that you can share a lot of these expenses too. Like you can get one or two internet connections that you use for multiple units. Yep. Um, but yeah, of course you're paying for the utilities, I uh, I guess this is me being a little stubborn, but I've never watched a lot of TV, and so I've never had cable in any of my rentals. And occasionally we get someone that says, you know, I couldn't watch a sports game or something, but we have Netflix subscriptions in all of them, uh, which has so many viewing options now. So we definitely have TVs in there, uh, small kitchens. I like to get smaller rentals. So if you're renovating it, you don't need to put in a huge kitchen. You don't need a full-size fridge. Uh, you can save on some of the appliances and those types of things. But, you know, nice fluffy towels and, and clean linens. We always use white because you can bleach them and, and you know that they're clean. And what about the furniture? I mean, I know hotels have specific lines of furniture that are designed for heavy use. Uh, how, how does that part of it work? And in, in especially because these are all furnished rentals. Yeah, man, I've, I've probably tried every combination <laughs> that you could imagine. And so I've learned quite a bit on the, the furnishing side as well. But I, I also like to keep them unique, you know, so they're not all exactly the same. We use the same mattresses. We use the same linens and those types of things. But in terms of the couches and the artwork, uh, those things we change up quite a bit. But we do try to find things that are going to be sturdy. Right. So uh, a lot of people don't like Ikea that much. I actually really like it. And I think that you can find good furniture there. You have to put it together properly. Yeah. I think that's where some people maybe mess up. You know, if you don't put it together properly, it's not going to hold up properly, but they have great sleeper sofas. We tried to give more sleeping options, even if it's a one bedroom. If we can accommodate four people, you can get higher rates. So yep. we try to do that. I've experimented with paint colors for sure. Gone through a lot. Now I just stick to uh, a simply white color. It's a Benjamin Moore. Looks nice and clean and you can add color in with artwork and uh, linens and pillows and those types of things. So yeah, there is a big, the, the furnishing piece is a big component because that's what people are going to see before they book your property. Now I know folks are thinking, well, this sounds like a, an awesome business to be in. Walk us through some of the things you wish you know when you started or maybe some of the mistakes that you made or you see people make in this space. Well, a big one is regulations because if you're trying to find a property to do short-term rentals and it's not allowed to operate as a short-term rental, I mean, that's that's going to crush you, right? Um, so I started in California before they had regulations, and unfortunately, they've changed them since then. And it's best to find a market that already has regulations in place because you already know, yep. you know, or if you can find a property, a lot of times these small multifamily properties are also zoned commercial. 
and that can really help. But that's probably the biggest one is just making sure that you have the regulation piece set up properly. Uh, but then also, you know, I experiment with different property sizes and I found the small properties have worked a lot better. So there were some bigger properties that I bought that are still operating really well, but not nearly as good as the smaller ones. So uh, property size, regulations, you know, experimented with lots of different furnitures and and software tools. I use a ton of online tools and I'm constantly testing new ones. Uh, so there, I've learned a lot in that space as well. All right, good stuff. Well, we're excited to announce that you're going to take some of that knowledge and uh, share it with our listeners. You've written a great report on this business and what you've learned. And before we're done, we'll tell you how you can get that. You've also got your first training coming up. You've got a group of folks that are coming in for a few days and kind of pick your brain and learn what you're doing. Talk about your desire to teach others to do this. Because some people would say, wow, this guy's got it figured out. He's going to corner the market on the information. But that's not your thinking. Instead, there's a lot of folks that could use the benefit of experience that you've had, and you're going to share that with them. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to share it, actually. You know, I've had some friends along the way over the last few years that have picked up some short-term rentals, and they're doing really well. And I'm doing really well with my business, too, you know, living in Columbia, and I just, I am really excited to share because there's tons of opportunity in the market. So, yeah, we're going to be going through um, everything I've learned, really, and, and then actually walking through my properties over a weekend. So everything, you know, that I've used to accommodate over 10,000 guests now, we're going to cover. And then, uh, you know, the students will see exactly what it looks like in the properties and, and how it functions. Well, that's great. You know, one of our favorite things at the Real Estate Guys is to collapse time frames. And this is a way for someone to collapse the time it takes to learn all that stuff themselves. I love the example of the size of the unit. Like I would just think, gosh, vacation rental, I want a bigger unit. It's going to be better than a hotel room and so forth. And yet you've learned that actually smaller is better for your business. So a lot of that stuff is great. Now you're doing this in Memphis, Tennessee, because mm -hmm. that's one of the markets that you have short-term rentals in. In fact, listeners of the real estate guys are probably familiar with Mid-South Homebuyers and Terry Kerr, owner and president of that company, who's one of your clients. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I met Terry actually out there looking for turnkey properties. <laughs> and ironically, you know, I helped him get started in short-term rentals. So he's got, gosh, I don't know, maybe he has 15 now and they're operating really well and he gets really high returns and it's passive for him, you yeah. know, just like it is for me. So. Awesome. Talk about a guy that walks his talk, right? He, and he's a big advocate of yours and he shares that publicly. So we're not talking out of school at all. I just spent some time with Terry and he's thrilled to have that diversity in his business because turnkey month-to-month -month rentals is what they do and they do a great job of it. You know, hundreds and hundreds of uh, real estate guys, listeners own those houses. But this is a way to have a different income stream with a different clientele and maybe even a different risk parameter. So this might be the next thing for folks. The training happens in October. And uh, one of the great things, as you mentioned, is not only is there going to be the classroom time, the Q&A time, but you're going to take folks through some units and kind of show them the, the pros and cons of, of what you've done and why. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fantastic. You know, we'll cover everything from start to finish, where to find these properties, how to turn them if they have long-term tenants in them, how to furnish them, how to do the financing, you know, the, the whole piece, uh, and then setting it up most importantly, I guess, the operations 
so that you can scale and it doesn't take up all your time and, and you can do it passively. Now, Tim, I would think that folks who have a couple of these in their portfolio already would be great candidates for the training. But what about someone who hasn't yet pulled the trigger on a short-term rental is thinking about it? Do you think it makes sense for them to come to this training? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can operate a short-term rental out of a lot of different properties. So, you know, I got started in real estate with a fourplex. You, you have um, great loan opportunities, you know, with buildings that are four units or less. Yep. So, you know, smaller down payments and you don't have to have a history maybe of investing in apartment buildings. So anyone, I mean, anyone that wants to get into this space, there's a lot of opportunity. Good stuff. Now, if you want to get the report, tell us about what's in the report. Yeah, I put together, I, I get this question all the time, you know, what makes a good property? Where do you find them? And so I put together a report that talks about what I think makes the best markets, the best submarkets, and what makes the best properties for short-term rental. And we have that together in a report that we can share with everyone. All right. All you need to do if you want to copy of that report is send an email to short-term at realestateguysradio.com. Short-term, like short-term rentals, short-term at realestateguysradio.com. You get a copy of Tim's report with lots of the stuff that we talked about today and a few things we didn't. And also, you'll get information on the training. Now, is it three days of training? Uh, the first day is just going to be sort of a meet and greet, and we'll give an overview. But the second day, yeah, we'll be in the classroom going through everything from start to finish. And then the third day, we will have some more time in the classroom, but then we'll visit four to six different properties as well. Awesome. So you got all the details on how to sign up for that and show up in Memphis. And uh, if you can't make that date, well, then you'll definitely want to come out to the 18th Annual Investor Summit at Sea. Uh, you're going to be at the uh, summit again this year? Yeah, the summit has really changed my life. Uh, this will be the fifth year. And I mean, the, the people that I've met on there and the things that I've learned is been truly life-changing. Well, it's good stuff. It's a great community. And this is a great example of that. You have this little niche, you're operating successfully and you get on the summit and there's people with a dozen different niches and a dozen different marketplaces. And you just immerse yourself in so many different ideas. And it's, it's awesome. Bunch of real estate entrepreneurs. So we'll look forward to that. Well, Tim, it's been great spending time with you today. Uh, thanks for making sure that part of your travels uh, brought you to the Real Estate Guys studio. And uh, we will look forward to uh, hearing about the training and seeing you at the summit. Yeah, thank you, Robert. There's Tim Hubbard. If you're interested in Tim's report, just send a quick email to short-term at realestateguysradio.com. More when we come back, you're tuned to the Real Estate Guys Radio Show. I'm your host, Robert Elms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. When it comes to successful rental property investing, it pays to be picky. Pick the right markets, pick profitable properties, and pick great property management. That's easier said than done, but we've got great news. Jerry Curran and his rock star team at Mid-South Homebuyers are going strong in Memphis, Tennessee and Little Rock, Arkansas too. So for a top-notch turnkey single-family home rental property, whether you're a new investor or have a large portfolio already, pick Terry Kerr and Mid-South for a truly A-plus investing experience. To learn more, send an email to Mid-South at realestateguysradio.com. That's Mid-South at realestateguysradio.com. Do you have a self-directed IRA invested in a syndication? Guess what? It's a ticking time bomb. Why? Because IRAs get hit with UBIT taxes, even Roth IRAs. Hi, I'm Damian Lupo, and we fixed this problem for you forever. It gets even better because using the EQRP, you can literally get rid of taxes from all of your gains forever and protect your nest egg. The EQRP is the best vehicle to get it done. IRAs can't do it, not even Roth IRAs. 
You see, UBIT happens whenever any type of IRA invests in anything with debt. Don't worry, even if your IRA is already invested in a deal, we can kill that tax. Our team at Total Control Financial is here to give you control of your retirement money and free you from that deadly IRA tax forever. Want to learn more about the EQRP? Send an email to eqrp at realestateguysradio.com. I'll email you my special report and send you a copy of the QRP book. Paying a 37% UBIT tax is stupid. First step to getting rid of that tax is to send an email to eqrp at realestateguysradio.com today. Hi, this is Mauricio Raul, founder and CEO of Muir Law Group, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. And welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Hey, you want to hang out with The Real Estate Guys? Well, come to New Orleans for the 45th annual New Orleans Investment Conference. It's a great conference hosted by our good friend Brian London, but we always show up when we have a good time, and we invite our listeners to not only come to the event, but to come party with The Real Estate Guys. One of the nights while we're in New Orleans, we have a private suite party, but you're invited if you just send an email to New Orleans at realestateguysradio.com. We'd love to see you there. We're talking about short-term rentals as a potential way to both find interesting markets to invest in and get higher returns. And uh, what an amazing interview from Tim Hubbard. Yeah, you know, what I what I love about Tim is he's just a genuine guy. I mean, obviously, not every guest we have a chance to interview on the show, we get a chance to spend a lot of time with. But as you mentioned, Robert, he's been on the summit five times or four times and coming on the next one. So uh, the summit is a very intimate environment where you do get a chance to have a lot of those in-depth conversations and to watch somebody blossom, to kind of carve out their niche and to be able to take a lifestyle choice. We talk about this all the time. Uh, you know, it's reason that we're so big on the Create Your Future Goals Retreat because you have a chance to think about how you want to live and what you want to do. And if you can build a business and build a portfolio that supports the lifestyle you want to live, it's really not working. It's a lot of fun. And Tim's found a way to do that, which I think is awesome. And the thing that I love even more is he has abundance mentality. I think he realizes in his enlightened self-interest that the more professional operators there are out there in the space, the more credible and more established the industry becomes, the more influential it becomes. Like anything, anytime there's a new kid on the block, sometimes he entrenched the incumbents, if you will, can put up a little resistance. And if they have a stronger lobby, you could meet some pressure. So there's a lot of reasons why it makes sense to see more people come into the space. But when you just think about it, you know, at the main street level as an investor, the opportunity to uh, get more yield on the same capital, especially if you happen to be doing this with uh, single family homes where the cost of capital, at least as far as the mortgage goes, very inexpensive right now. You can lock in great long term financing and yet you can put a financial model on top of that that generates much higher cash flows than your typical month to month or annual rent so it's it's really a win-win in a lot of ways. And of course, the secret is you just got to figure out how to do it. And so when somebody who's kind of cracked the code is willing to open up the playbook and say, hey, let me not only show you how I do it, but let me show you some of the properties that I'm doing with, that's amazing. Well, that's one of the things that struck me instantly about Tim is he was a guy that was willing to share best practices. And I understand why people don't. They view other investors as their competition. Tim's just not wired that way. We're not wired that way. We believe in abundance. And here's the thing. There's a need for short-term rentals in a lot of variety of marketplaces and product types. I thought it really interesting that he doesn't specialize in high-end vacation-type rentals. He certainly has people that stay 
stay at his properties who are coming to the town for a vacation or some time away. But he's found this little niche of business folks who are going to come and they'd rather have a little more room if they're going to be there for, you know, a week or two, those kinds of things. And that's the same thing with like corporate housing. He's actually done some of those deals. He was telling me two and three month kinds of rentals but at those high nightly rates. So it takes a while to figure it out. The great thing is that Tim has packaged a bunch of it together into an amazing training. So if you're super interested, I would say get to the training. Uh, but if you just wanna learn more, be sure and get his report. It's called Your Guide to the Ultimate Short-Term Rental Property Returns. And you can get that by sending an email to short-term at realestateguysradio.com. You know, the thing, Robert, that is uh, also, I think, important and, and candidly, there, there are some people that are, are in any space in real estate that don't really practice what they preach. The thing we love about Gene Garino and residential assisted living is he practices what he preaches. You can go take a look at his properties. Tim, I mean, that he's actually doing this. He comes from a place of learning to do it first and really walking the walk and then taking it once he's got it dialed. And you could tell listening to the interview as he was answering the questions. Those were some really just practical, tactical, in the trenches types of tips that you only know if you're actually, you know, living the life and, and walking the walk. And so that part's really important because when you're being taught by real world practitioners, you just have a much more likelihood of, of, of good success, of being able to really work it out in the real world. So uh, I'm excited about this. Uh, I'm looking forward to learning more myself. I think this is a very, very intriguing niche, and it's exciting to have Tim uh, you know, share his expertise with everybody. Hey, a great way to spend a bunch of time with Tim is to come to the 18th Annual Investors Summit at Sea. Registration is not yet open, but you can get on the advanced notice list, and you should. That will allow you to be among the first who have a crack at the cabins that we have. We have a limited number. We always sell out. It's no run to the back of the room today and today only, but we're getting full, and that's because we have alumni like Tim that have already been given the chance to sign up. So nearly 150 people signed up for the summit, and uh, we're only going to take maybe 230, 240. Uh, anyway, that's not to create scarcity because it's a high amount of time and a high amount of money. But if you are interested in hanging out with amazing people like Tim for more than a week, then just get to the website at realestateguysradio.com and click on the button that says Summit at Sea. Hey, next week on The Real Estate Guys, we have another fantastic show for you. Until then, be sure to go out and make some equity happen. This episode of The Real Estate Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.